He has the freshest cuts. You gotta go to the bookstore. I go to here. He has the best service. I always come in here to get my hot dogs and my bacon. Looking for something spicy? Because it's so good. You've come to the right place. My father used to be a butcher. And he's open all night. Everything we have is top of the line. It's the pork store with Mraz. Only on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yes! We sizzle our way like bacon through the night into the morning here on a Sunday morning. That new pork store open here for the 4 a.m. hour, courtesy of one and the only DA, Damon Amendolara, came up with that after a little fun on the DA show. We do call this the pork store. That's kind of the name inside the name of the Sean Moraes show. Having some fun, hamming up your takes as we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. McKean and Graceffo with me. Fast on the updates. If you like that pork store open, didn't like it, tweet at me at CBS. Let you know we're tinkering with stuff here as we approach the new year on the Sean Moraes show. All right. We've done a lot of college football, and I should probably continue the calls before I turn the page to the NFL. And we are going to talk Tom Brady. We're going to talk Chiefs and Pats in just a second. But CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Daniel is in Atlanta. Daniel, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing? What's up, Daniel? How are you? Great. So I, I think that uh, uh, six teams are not going to work for the playoffs. It's got to be eight. The reason why is if you have six teams, you're going to have another team that it's, 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 it's got to be eight teams. So the committee should do eight teams for the reason why it would generate more money, more people would get involved in college football, and it would be good for everybody so that's what i think about that yeah Um, i mean i think it would be i think it would be best for everybody too but again this will be the one year that anybody who's not in favor of expansion will point to because you have three elite teams and a bunch of mediocrity behind it that's true but sometimes that you have some other teams that are in other areas that they if they're doing really good throughout the year they could maybe get in i I agree and and thanks for the call daniel i just want to also bring this up because uh, I've heard this argument from several people. I believe John Kincaid, who comes your way next on CBS Sports, is one of these people have said it as well. You keep it at four, the college football playoff, and because you keep it at four, this day, conference championship day, essentially becomes your eight-team playoff, your college football playoff. And I think that is so ridiculously short-sighted and doesn't make any sense from this standpoint. Was Friday night a playoff game for Oregon? It was not. Was it a playoff game for Utah? It was in the if Georgia would have lost, which Georgia did, but Utah did not know that. Did Georgia have to approach that game like a playoff game? They did. Oregon did not. When you approach a game like a playoff game, the other team should be approaching as a playoff game as well. That's what makes it a playoff game. In the Big 12, when they kicked off on Saturday afternoon, or Saturday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Was that a playoff game? It was, as long as what happened afterwards would be Georgia lost, which they did, but they did not know that at the time of kick. And would it have been a playoff game had Utah dismantled Oregon? 
Eh, well, probably not, and that would have been in the back of both of those teams' heads. Was LSU-Georgia a playoff game? Well, it was for Georgia, because they would have definitely been winning in, but it wasn't for LSU knowing they basically could have lost and laid down and still made the playoff. Was there a playoff game for Clemson? Okay, Clemson had to win, but it certainly wasn't one for Virginia. Was it a playoff game for Wisconsin when they played Ohio State? No, it was not. And Ohio State knew if they lost, they would still be in the college football playoff. So tell me again how Saturday and Friday was already the beginning of the college football playoffs. In my book, in my days as a sports fan, when I watch the playoffs in professional or now college sports, I know that it's win or go home, not I'm already home trying to play spoiler in a playoff. So conference championship Saturday, no. That is not the playoffs. And don't try to sell me that we're already in an 18 playoff because we have that. That's nonsense. Now, if you had an 18 playoff, you could make the argument that then it becomes a 16-team playoff with virtual conference championships because you're giving automatic bids. Then I could hear the case that, yeah, maybe it is win or go home, and those are playoffs. But stop it with the playoffs are essentially eight games already because you start with the conference championships. That is nonsense. That is not how you approach playoff games. Kerrigan is in Babylon, New York. Kerrigan, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Sean, pleasure to be here on the Pork Star. Ready to have some hot takes for you. Very surprised that you think that the Patriots-Chiefs is the biggest game on the NFL tomorrow. It is obviously the Ravens and the Bills. Well, Ravens-Bills is in the top five if you read my column at CBSSportsRadio.com. The problem with Ravens-Bills is this. I don't think even after winning on Thanksgiving, because the story's all about the Cowboys, that enough of America buys into the Bills. And I'm going to have more on the Bills later. And that's what makes it... Like, the Bills aren't a juicy, sexy team to watch while the Patriots and Chiefs are. Oh, well, Sean, that's where I disagree with you. If you don't think that Josh Allen isn't tall and looks good in shorts, you're out of your mind. He's obviously the best quarterback in the state of New York as the only team in New York much better <sighs> than Dan, Danny Dimes that you're so high on for some odd reason. I do not know why. The Bills are going to have more wins this season than the Giants have had the past three years. All right, so, so we're just trying to still... over the Ravens tomorrow. They're going to be lined up to crush the Steelers on Sunday Night Football and come down to a big divisional ma- uh, round matchup where basically it would be a playoff game for them if they beat the Patriots. They have a chance to win in the division. Yeah, okay, so the Bills' schedule is interesting. And look, and Kevin, thanks for the call. First of all, there's no need to take shots at the Giants. They've done nothing wrong. Well, they've done a lot wrong. They've done nothing here that has to do with the Bills. Also, the Bills are more Canada's team than they are New York's team. And the Bills' schedule, I actually have this on my little notepad here. I bring in a little pad. Get ready for the Sean Morass show. After we have Russell Baxter in the last hour, I was going to bring up a point about how Monday morning can be all about the Bills. And that's going to tie into what I'm going to talk about now here on CBS Sports Radio. Tommy Curran does a great job covering the Patriots as we head into this game versus Kansas City. You know, every week that passes when we watch the New England Patriots play and watch Tom Brady look more and more mortal, it feels like either you were all about it and enjoying this Patriot fall. There's like three categories of this. B, you're noticing the rapid decline of Tom Brady, but because the Pats are 10-2, and two, it's hard to acknowledge that the Patriots are struggling because they're still 10-2. and two. Or C, wow, this really is the end of Tom Brady and you're there. And it seems like people are now every week starting to gravitate towards C. Look, 
as much as we joke around about Tom Brady and his diet and his nutrition and yada, 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 42 becoming 43 is real life. He might have prolonged that 35 to 40 stretch to 41 stretch better than most quarterbacks ever will in NFL history. But age is age. You cannot beat father time. You might be able to delay it, and that's what Brady did. Tom Brady once again restructured his contract, essentially making this a one-year deal to relieve the Patriots of cap space. They built a semi-elite defense, and here is Tom Brady on a team where Josh Gordon was, for all intents and purposes, waived, cut, after Rob Gronkowski was released, after they got rid of Demarius Thomas because they had to make room for Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, by all accounts, seemed to like Antonio Brown. They got rid of him because of all the nonsense and calling out Robert Kraft. And Brady, who did all of this cap relief for the team, who has played good soldier every single time that his contracts come up so that the Patriots could capitalize on spending every dollar of their cap space the perfect strategic way that Bill Belichick wants. Now Tom Brady is looking around, and he is no longer good enough to make mediocre average players great. He spent a career doing that. You think Troy Brown was a great receiver? He was not. David Patton was a great receiver? He was not. You think Deion Branch was a great receiver? Despite winning the Super Bowl MVP, he wasn't. Tom Brady made these guys. Hogan, you think Hogan was a great receiver? Danny Amendola has been on a million teams. Good receiver. Was he ever a great receiver? No, he was not. But now Tom Brady can't do that to anybody. Who is it, Jacoby Myers? He's not making him a great receiver. He sees the clock ticking. It's it's apparent. When Tom Brady is destroyed after beating the Eagles, you never heard Tom Brady after a win ever sound like that, but he sounds that way because he's acknowledging internally, I can't do what I used to do anymore, and I gave everything back to the team to take care of the things I needed to win, and those things aren't there for me anymore. So now when his contract comes up at the end of the year, is Tom Brady at 42-43 now going to give the Patriots another discount if they don't go win a championship to go back and play in Foxborough and look another year older a year from now? That seems very doubtful, according to Tommy Curran. Is he more likely? I can't believe this has actually become true because this, this has been out there for smoke to go sign a contract paying a max money for one year to go have the Chargers try to sell season tickets for a year. And go out to L.A. with his family and his supermodel wife and go start a movie career after that? LeBron did it. Could Tom Brady do it? Could Tom Brady be a charger at 43 years old, probably stinking at football, but starting his career as a movie star? I never thought that was possible. That seems kind of possible that Tom Brady could do that with Phillip Rivers' contract up. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But maybe not anymore when you see what's unfolded here, as Tommy Curran points out. I mean, he's making less money average in Garoppolo than Jared Goff. And he did that so the team could take care of him on all these pieces, and they don't have any pieces of serious note offensively. Now, they went and spent the second-round pick to try to trade for Mohamed Sanu. Oh, whoop de doo Yes, that was a rhyme. That was a very cheesy way for me to rhyme. And now the Patriots entered this spot on Sunday, a rematch of the AFC title game. The Patriots are 10-2. and Who were their two losses to? The Houston Texans and, and 
Graceffo, I'm testing you, and? The Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. That's right. And what do the Texans and Ravens have in common? James Graceffo again. They beat the Patriots. Brian McKeon, I'm looking. Stout defenses. Brian McKeon. Houston Texans and Baltimore Ravens, the two losses. Running quarterbacks. No. Come on. Give me what the obvious what they have in common. They're both in the AFC. All right. I'm done with you, too. I'm done with you, too. They lead their divisions in the AFC. What do the Kansas City Chiefs do right now? I'm not even going to look at your dumb faces. They both, lead the division. Also in the, AFC. the Patriots, who have spent the better part of 15 years under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, running through the AFC at every turn, earning bye weeks at every turn. If they lose, as stories continue to come out about Tom Brady and his future in New England, and Tom Brady looks old again as the weather continues to get cold in New England, and Patrick Mahomes makes the Patriots' defense look less elite by the week, and the Chiefs win and the Patriots fall to 10-3 and now, and now they would have lost to all three AFC division leaders. And in two weeks, we'll face a Buffalo Bill team that could themselves be playing to actually take the Patriots out of the division. Could you imagine that? The Patriots on the road in wildcard weekend. That is now in play, even though they're 10-2. and two. Tom Brady's final days of New England are here. And we're afraid to acknowledge it. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm man enough to say it. 2019 Tom Brady is Trent Dilfer. Tom Brady, by hanging on as long as he has, has gotten to the point where history, even if he wins the Super Bowl because of his defense, won't remember this this way. Tom Brady in 2019 is now Trent Dilfer. He is a game manager with mediocre weapons and a great defense behind him, and that is how the Patriots are getting by. Tom Brady has fallen back down to earth, and we're afraid to admit it. The Chiefs likely will beat the Patriots on the road on Sunday. And Tom Brady likely will have to continue to look at himself in the mirror and ask, how much longer will I do this with this organization? If you are looking for the wall to come down, that is the New England Patriots dynasty, and every time you get your hopes up because you want to see something different, you have had your, your heart shattered... It's time to start getting your hopes up. The witch is almost dead. Tom Brady is Trent Dilfer. And Tom Brady's final days in New England are here. It's the Sean Moraz Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take your calls on that at 855-212-4227. And your tweets at Moraz CBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. If you have some thoughts on that, your NFL Sunday ahead, you want to keep talking college football playoff, expansion, anything that comes with it, it's all on the table. Twitter at Moraz CBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Calls 855-212-4227. Plus, when we come back, not everything needs a hot take. Not everything. And that's okay. I'll explain what I mean. Plus, with that, Pitch a new segment idea to the boys. It's the Sean Moraz Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's Sean Moraz on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Sean Moraz. Bert is in Michigan. Bert, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, hey. Hey, Moraz. What's up, Bert? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. What's going on? You know, a lot of times you can make me mad, 
and I haven't agreed with you, but you're always entertaining. I appreciate it. On CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> Good job, McKean. It's the Sean Mraz Show on CBS Sports Radio. Tweets at Mraz CBS. Michael tweets in at Mraz CBS. You are a total tool. No wonder they put you on at 3 a.m. You cure insomnia with your pathetic football opinions, you fat, bald troll. Thanks for listening, Michael. Matt tweets in at Mraz CBS. M-R-A-Z-P-S. OMG, not again. Please don't spend too much time talking about Brady possibly leaving and playing for another team. I'm like begging you, man. The media up here has been absolutely insufferable with this BS and have pretty much ruined the season for me and many others. Hmm, Patriot fans getting a little upset. Betsy tweets in. Just tuned into the pork store to catch your Brady is Dilfer take. Story checks out. You're right again, Mraz. All right, so some good. Some bad, some hate me. Patriot fans, for better or for worse, get very sensitive. I am not knocking Tom Brady. I just called Tom. If you listen to the whole segment, I called Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm reading a story here from Tommy Curran. I'm connecting the dots of everything we see, and I am going by my own eye test of what everybody sees with Tom Brady this year and knowing what Tom Brady's given back to that Patriot franchise only to get what they gave him weapon-wise this year in return and telling you, Guys, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think Tom Brady was going to play for the Patriots until he was 47 years old and looked the way he's looked? Have you not milked enough out of this Tom Brady career? Have you not seen enough? The party's over. It's over. Now, you could call me bald and tell me I'm going to put you to sleep and saw me at 3 a.m. all you want, Michael. The proof's in the pudding, all right? And by the way, by the way, Michael, it's 9 p.m. in Hawaii. Have some respect for them listening to the pork store out there. Have some respect listening to me on Waikiki Beach. All right. I mentioned that not everything needs to have a hot take, but we are in this hot take culture where we have. And I want to tie that into a segment idea I have to pitch. All right? So we all know we do Campus Crush every week here on the Sean Moraes Show. We go around the college football slate. That's ending. I like getting creative. I am a fan of of sports radio shows every once in a while, as much as 95% of the show is sports, taking five minutes to stray away from sports and bring some you know common stuff that everybody could have an opinion on pop culture. My idea for a segment, though, because what has frequently happened with me is I am two weeks too late to something that's very popular only for me to finally have an opinion on it. Okay, whether that's a television show, whether that's a movie, whether that's something social media trending wise, some kind of meme or something. And then my idea for a segment as college football ends is two weeks too late where where I come in and I give my opinion on something that everybody had an opinion on two weeks earlier that I just was too late. Didn't know what the heck was going on two weeks ago. Wasn't sure what everybody was talking about, but now I've had time to catch up. And now nobody cares what my opinion is because it's two weeks too late. But I'm going to give it anyway because it's my show. The idea for this segment is two weeks too late. Let me test the boys on the other side. Graceffo, do you like or dislike? So you're basically making a segment thanks to your ineptitude of paying attention. It's almost like a show about nothing like Seinfeld. Right. So your whole case is like, I don't pay attention. So let's garner this into something where we can get some... Or, laughs out of it. Or I paid attention, but I didn't know what the heck everybody was talking about. Now, two weeks later, after it's run its course Did you ever think of, hey, maybe let me talk to somebody and ask them what's going on? <laughs> or maybe it's them the time. So you don't like the segment. It's not bad. 
Two Weeks Too Late is the name of the segment. McKeon, your thoughts? Like, I, I think a non-sports segment would be a decent idea. Okay. I, I'm not totally against that, but this segment seems to have be all based on you not paying attention to anything around you. Okay, but I see paying attention is wrong. It's having the time to see stuff. Okay, so now I'm going to tie it in. You have time. Here's the You're going to have a lot less time coming up, I'm telling you With now. the baby coming, right. The baby, we're on baby watch. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a call yet. I mean, my wife's telling me she's eating pineapple, she's drinking all sorts of tea, she's ready to pop this baby out in any second. She wants this thing out. This thing, it's my daughter. Well, who wouldn't? It's a human. <laughs> right. This thing, it's my daughter. I installed the car seat, by the way, successfully today. I saw the picture, I'm proud yes. of you. Big boy. Okay. Anyway, here's going to be the pilot episode. See how it goes of two weeks too late. I don't have any production, so let's not wait for the whole song to dance. I saw The Irishman finally. I finished The Irishman this week. Okay. I finished The Irishman this week. The Irishman, the movie with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Martin Scorsese directed it, came to Netflix a week after it was in select theaters, and it seems like this is my problem with hot takes in this movie, okay? And the reason I'm bringing this up, because this is the most popular movie that everybody has a thought on, an opinion on, so I think we could talk about it on a sports radio show. And I'm not really going to give away spoilers here, so don't worry about clicking off, oh, I haven't seen it, spoilers. By the way, if you don't know what the movie's about by now, you're probably never going to see it anyway. All right, here's my problem. Everybody on Twitter who, who liked the movie or was anticipating the movie, their take was, this is a top five De Niro movie of all time. Martin Scorsese does it again. Unbelievable. You have to watch The Irishman. What a great movie. And the other side of that was, after hearing that hype machine, oh my God, this movie sucked. Three and a half hours. It dragged. This movie was awful. How could anybody think this was a great movie? Here we go. Here's your production. Great. All right. So those are the hot takes. And here's my issue with it. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be the greatest movie of all time, and it doesn't have to suck after watching it. That's not the society we're in, Sean. It's unbelievable. And you that, have to have an opinion. You have to have a hot take on everything now, Sean. And that became my problem with the movie, James. I watched the movie. Nobody lives in shades of gray anymore, Sean. Fifty shades of gray, which we could have a talk about as well. Uh, but that would be two years too late if I give a fifty shades of gray opinion. Yes. My my thought on the movie is this. I thought the movie was fine. I agree with you completely. I, fine movie. I don't think it was awful. I also don't think it was a great movie. Do I think it was one of the top five De Niro movies of all time? I do not. Do Did you I, feel like you needed the last 45 minutes of the movie? No, but I like closure in the movie. I'm happy that it didn't end in the scene that everybody thinks it was It was a little end. much that, well, I don't want to give it away. That, right. Like, you know. The repenting that was going on, let's right, say. Right, exactly. So basically... A little much. Right. Uh, obviously, the Irishman is a guy who worked for Jimmy Hoffa or for other mobsters. He connected everybody, and he's claiming responsibility for the death of somebody that's been a big mystery. And then at the end, it's the repent. I'm going to take this to my grave kind of deal. Okay, yada, yada, yada. The movie is three and a half hours long, all right? And it's almost like the baseball fans when they argue pace of play, right? Right. Well, you needed the three and a half hours to tell the whole story. No, you didn't. My whole thing is, maybe you just don't like baseball. Right. Or maybe you just don't like the movie. It's okay to say, I didn't like this movie. Right. It's okay to not. Not to just say, hey, the movie was too long. Just say, I didn't like the movie. But that's the thing. If you didn't like the movie, that's fine. If you thought the movie was the greatest, that's fine. But it also doesn't have to be, are you kidding me? It was the greatest movie. Are you kidding me? It was the worst movie ever. I thought the movie was just fine. It was just good. It was a, it was a good movie. It was fine. It's not Goodfellas. Right. It's right. not Casino. Right. It was fine. Okay. My problems, did it need to be three and a half hours long? No. We could have got this movie done But in again, like Casino is the same length of time and right. no one ever complained the Casino was too long. But the problem here is, in this day and age with Netflix, which it is on and all of this stuff, 
I think, ironically, this would have been better received by the It Sucks people if it was actually turned into a four-part miniseries. Where it's like 50-minute episodes and it went boom, boom, boom. And ironically, all the people that had to separate, because I watched it in two parts, probably would have been more likely to binge watch the four hours, the three and a half hours of one shot. Right. Because they feel like they're involved in a show. And knowing that Netflix has those capabilities, I think it should have been turned into a miniseries. I disagree. Okay. Well, uh it's, there's something of value for it to be a, an actual movie. You have to sit through the whole experience. Okay, and maybe that's fun. And again, if you were going to binge watch it and enjoy it just the same, then why couldn't you just enjoy the movie the, just the same? Right, okay. Well, the other part of this, and that everybody had a problem with James, and I could see the problem. The CGI and using De Niro at his age to play a younger De Niro, and those fight scenes, let's be honest, were rough. They're rough when you're watching them. Uh, they were, they were, you got to look past it. Right. These and, are things you have to look past. And I, I see that side Suspend of it disbelief, as people would right. say. The acting, I thought Pacino was great in it. I thought Pecci was fine in it. I thought De Niro was fine in it. I thought the story itself, you were confused at times, but it all brought you together. And in the end, I think it's also a good history lesson. There are a lot of names in there of people that you've read about and thought about, Jimmy Hoffa being one, that you learn a lot about. And if you do research after the movie, which I'm big on movies like that, looking stuff up, seeing what was true, what's fact, what's fiction, you, you realize that movie taught you a lot. But that is a movie that everybody had to have an opinion. It was one. Of, it was like being a Republican or a Democrat, right? Like, it's one or the other. You can't. If you're a Republican, you can't ever think that there should be gun controllers. I'm not trying to get no political argument. You know what I mean? Please though? don't. Like, everybody has to align themselves. Which, by the way, this segment idea, you can't do any politics with it. No, I would never. <laughs> Please I would never. do not. I would never. I would never. But my point is, with that, I look at this movie the same way. So, yes, everybody had an opinion on this movie two weeks ago. I am two weeks too late. This is the Sean Morris show. What's my, your Fifty Shades of Grey opinion? My Fifty Shades of Grey opinion is that Christian Grey, what a hunk and what a life he lives, huh? I would also say it's a little weird to live that lifestyle in the Pacific Northwest. Who's that happy in a place that rains all the time? I'd be fine. Yeah, and also, how can you have that many rooms in a penthouse like that? I mean, does this guy not want to have, I don't know, a game room with an air hockey table? His games are not a little different. Not everyone thinks games. the same way as you. His games are a little different. Not everyone needs eight TVs in their house. That is right. guy <laughs> will be watching on Sunday. <laughs> oh, and that's my two years too late on the Fifty Shades of Grey take. It's a good one. But two weeks too late. It's a segment I'm tossing around, and I finally got around to the Irishman. I want to just give my thought like, all these people, it's the greatest movie ever. You're okay, you're entitled to your opinion. You're probably wrong. It's the worst movie ever. You're entitled to your opinion. You're probably wrong. The mo- a movie's allowed just to be good and fine. Like, that's it. It doesn't have to be the greatest, and it doesn't have to be the worst. And I think The Irishman fell in that category. It was fine. It was good. Or whatever. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. And on that note, when everybody's calling it the greatest movie of all time, just I'll leave you with this. I'm getting way too off movie stuff here because I am into movies. Widows I watched. Did you know what Widows is with Liam Neeson? Not a, not a clue. What a thriller that was. It was like the town female style. All in. Check it out. Widows. All right. We come back. Never, Never saw the town either. Oh, come on. Chris. You got to grow up. Come on. Come on. The town, it's not even like asking to watch uh, a black and white movie. That's what we got here on the other side. But okay, but if you like two weeks too late, tweet at me at CBS. I still have, uh, obviously, Patriot fans tweeting at me, call me a fat, bald idiot, so that's fun. Can't say anything bad about Tom Brady. He's not allowed to get old. It's Sean Morash on CBS Sports Radio. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now. You're a rock star, get the show on, get paid, and all that glitter is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. 
Flash Time on CBS Sports Radio. But the media man begs to differ. Judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. But world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. Hey now, you're a Oh, yeah, McKee. Well, Smash Mouth on this Sunday morning. The Bay Area pumped up. Oh, you knew who that is, but you couldn't name the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I grew up in the 90s, man. What do you want from me? Born in the 80s. This song's from Shrek as far as I'm concerned. It is from Shrek, right. All right. The Sean Moran Show is back. Having some fun here on what I deemed at the beginning of the show one of the top five sports weekends of the year. Conference championship week in college football and moving time in the NFL, if you will. And we usually end the show each week in about an hour from now with our NFL picks. James Graceffo, the brainiac of all brainiacs producing, has gotten us a, uh, a little guest at 540 Eastern, 240 Pacific. So Russell Bexter will talk, uh, preview the day in the NFL with us in an hour. So we had to move the picks up an hour. Do the NFL picks. I am 17-15 and 15 on the year on the Sean Morris show. 3-1 and one a week ago. Been hovering around 500. It's so funny because I make picks on the DA show with Damon uh, in the Up the Gut segment, if you listen to the DA show, 9 a.m. till noon, Eastern CBS Sports Radio. I'm having a much better year picking games there, but I pick three. Then on WFAN with Bart Scott and Maggie Gray, I make three picks, but I have to pick the Giant and Jet game every week. I'm having like an eight games over 500 lead there. So there's kind of rules between what I have to pick. I get on my own show, and I love picking NFL games. And I love listening to sports radio pick. Look, it was something when I grew up, kid, listening to sports radio. NFL picks, I was all about. What are the hosts think about the games? Where are they picking? Where are they thinking with the lines? I was all about it. So I always wanted to do picks. So despite me doing picks on two other shows, since it's my own show, I'm picking four games a week. And that's the way we're at. And that's where we're at. 17 and 15 on the year. Let's take it away for a week 14 in the NFL. Last week, I went to the well with the Packers laying just a touchdown on the road at MetLife Stadium versus the Giants. The Giants fell apart in that game. I, a little tighter at that point. At one point, it was 17-13. Game played in a snowstorm. I got a little nervous with that spread. Ironically, because I'm a Giant fan, whatever, it didn't matter to me. Win or loss, I'm on Chase Young focusing time. But I'm going back to the Packers again this week. The Washington Redskins, somehow, someway, are alive for an NFC East title should they win out. I can't believe I'm saying those words, but that's how bad this division is. Thank you, Jason Garrett. They go down to Lambeau. Packers laying 13, nearly two touchdowns. Cold weather up in Green Bay, I understand. Look, don't let the idea that the Washington Redskins are alive because the Cowboys and Eagles stink fool you. They stink as well. They went and beat Carolina and got Ron Rivera fired earlier in the week. You're mean to tell me this Washington team that couldn't get out of its own way. Overpaid defensive stars. Dwayne Haskins can't figure out the playbook. They now, after beating Carolina, are going to get on a plane, fly to Lambeau, and give you a big-time effort versus the Packers? Look, maybe this game's close for a half. Maybe Washington has just surprising it. Ultimately, much like we saw a week ago at MetLife Stadium, the Packers will pull away in this second half. They are laying 13. Give me Green Bay at home, laying nearly two touchdowns to take care of business. Pick number two, a weird one for me. And one that... As soon as the line came out, I was waiting for it to turn, and it just did not. The Colts have hit a bit of a cliff here. Jacoby Brissett went from a guy that you were thinking, wow, maybe he is a franchise quarterback, to, oh, right, this is why he's a career backup. 
They go on the road to Tampa Bay against a Buck team that each and every week is great week, bad week. Maybe a bad week again. Oh, here's a great week. They end up sending Nick Foles to the bench a week ago. Take care of business versus Jacksonville. Look dominant doing so. Bruce Arians won't commit to Jameis Winston, nor should he be on this year. Based on the track record of Tampa not being able to put consistency in back-to-back weeks on the table, and based on the fact that Indy is still alive in what is a very putrid wildcard race in the AFC past the Buffalo Bills, I think Indy rebounds here and wins the game outright, and I'm getting a field goal with the Colts. Give me the Colts in Tampa to find a way to get themselves okay and in the mix for these final three weeks to try to play themselves back into the playoffs. I will take the Colts plus three in Tampa Bay, pick number two. Pick number three, I'm going with another dog from the AFC South. It's Minshew Mania. He's back, and the Jags are getting three and a half at home. A game where the Chargers now, and this is more of an anti-Charger pick for me. The end is near for Phillip Rivers as an L.A. Charger. They got no fans at home. They got to fly all over the place on the road. After losing the way they did to Denver, on that pass interference you cannot take late in the game, Drew Locke beats the the Chargers, effectively ends the Chargers season. Despite how everything has gone bad with the Chargers this year, they were still alive last week should they have won out. That Charger team, knowing they're dead as a doornail, knowing Phillip Rivers is basically getting everything in order to leave there at the end of the year. They're going to get on an airplane. They're going to fly to Jacksonville, Florida to play in front of about 25 people and a swimming pool might be too chilly to get in at this point. And they're going to give you a big effort for what heartening reason? We're on the flip side, the Jaguars home, get their guy Minshew back with a little spunk. And I'm getting points and I'm getting a hook with three and a half. Chargers going to win this game by more than a field goal? I don't see it. Give me the Jaguars plus three and a half. Pick number three. Pick number four in my Connect Four here. I mentioned it earlier, and I'm still getting hounded by tweets of Patriot fans upset that I dare call Tom Brady at this stage Trent Dilfer. Look, Tom Brady at 42-43 looks like Trent Dilfer now. I'm sorry. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl too, by the way. What I mean by that is great defense, bad quarterback. Or mediocre quarterback. He's not playing bad. He's playing mediocre. I should correct that. I don't want to crush him too much. The Chiefs got right last week, and they keep looking right. Their run game, still very much a question mark. And you need to run the ball a bit to beat New England in Foxborough. I understand. But Patrick Mahomes, I think, is starting to look healthier. I wonder about the defense as they continue to play better. But again, the Patriot offense, not scaring anybody. And if I was Steve Spagnola and that Chief defense in this rematch of the AFC title game, I am lining the box up and I'm daring Tom Brady to beat me deep because I don't think he can right now. Chiefs are getting three. I think Chiefs are going to win the game outright. I don't think the Patriots have beaten a division winner here in the AFC. I think the Witch is dead. I think the Chiefs avenge themselves a bit from that AFC title game. There will be no D Ford on this team jumping offside. Give me Kansas City plus three. So your four picks, I'm 17-15 on the Sean Morass show. Packers minus 13 at home versus the Washington Redskins. Colts go to Tampa. They're getting three. I will take Indy. Jacksonville at home is a three and a half point dog versus the Chargers playing for nothing. Give me Jacksonville. And in the big late window game, give me the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, plus three at New England. Now, for the second straight week, I did not get a head shake out of Brian McKeon, who crushes me sometimes when he doesn't like my picks. I think either McKeon wasn't paying attention to my picks, 
or he's okay and comfortable with them. I like that you're consulting me now weekly. I enjoy this. Well, because you, you this is the only time I do something on the show, McKeon, where frankly you show a little heart, right? You show. And by I the think way, I show a lot of heart. I'm busting your chops. Don't all get right. all sensitive on me, McKeon. You can't work on this show without being able to deal with busting chops. But you have been emphatic against some of my picks in the past. You didn't hate the picks today. I don't. I don't love the Colt pick. Okay. If they lost to the Dolphins at home, if they were serious about their season, they wouldn't drop a game like that. I understand that. I understand that. This is, again, if you read between the tea leaves, it's more of a not trusting Tampa in back-to-back weeks pick. Colts with more to play for. I like the Chief pick a lot. Okay. And, so I, and I love the Jaguar pick. Love the Jaguar. Chargers are dead as a doornail. They stink. And how boring are the Chargers, too, right? Like, I, I have Sunday ticket. I watch a lot of games. The Chargers are so boring. Charger fans don't even want to watch the Chargers. Yeah. And on that note, as we go over the music, I did want to read one tweet that kind of annoyed me. Tom tweets in, another Patriot fan. Checked it because he was calling me out about Tom Brady doesn't look like Trent Dilfer this year. His throws still have a lot of zip. I said, you're obviously tweeting and texting during games and you're not watching. If you think Tom Brady still has a lot of zip. So that kind of sets up the background here with Tom on Twitter tweeting me at Mraz CBS. He came at me with, Check the timeline. Don't tweet. Season ticket holder of the Patriots. I watch the All-22 every Monday. Without a doubt, I watch more football than you. Trent Dilfer, clown emojis. All right, so just background. Patriot fan not happy that I called 2019 Tom Brady Trent Dilfer, which he is. He's a game manager on a really good defensive team that could win a Super Bowl. That's I. Is that fair on the surface? That Tom Brady this year looks like a game manager on a with a really good defense and a team that could win the Super Bowl, but will win it because of the defense, not because of him. Is when, that fair? When you phrase it that way, Sean, it is fair. So the, that is why I'm calling him Trent Dilfer. But when you tell me you're a season ticket holder and you watch the All-22 every Monday of the Patriots, you cannot tell me you watch more football than me. You are not obviously home all day because you're at Patriot games every week, only watching the Patriots. And then on Monday, instead of watching all the other games you might have missed, you're following up with the old 22. So don't tell me you watch more football than me and your excuse is you're a season ticket holder and watch the Patriots all 22. Where do you have the time to watch all the other games? Where? Show me where. I'll be sitting there three TVs with the Sunday ticket on Sunday. Big full of Cheetos and Utz cheese balls. Don't tell me you're watching more football than me while well, you're out there grilling ahead of the Patriot Chief game. Stop it, please. All right, when we come back, you're waking up on the East Coast? Don't worry. Don't look at your phone. We got you set up with the stories of the day in your phone scroller. Sean Moraes Show, CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> 